Have you ever talked to a guy who thought America would be better off if everybody just did what they felt like doing? Let's talk about how we can respond. Come debrief with us. Hi, I'm Lexi, and joining me as always are Seth and Ethan, and we're debriefing pro-life outreach. Seth, give us an outreach highlight from last week. All right, so we were just at University of Cincinnati. All three of us were there. That was an interesting day, right, as always. But one thing that was a bit challenging for me was a gentleman who walked up early on and was what we call a steamroller. I think a couple of you talked to him too, right? (laughs) He was steamrolling every conversation and proclaiming how great and brilliant he was and how he could debate all of us and win. And eventually later on, I had this kind of group around me that was talking. He would interrupt every single point when someone asked a question. So someone asked about talking to a man and said they'd rather talk to a woman. So Lexi, I called you over. And when you came over, he just sat down. Like he would have had more respect for you than for me, which is interesting. But I found that my highlight was when you silenced him with your wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know if that was it. Maybe he just got so burned out. He was there for (laughs) a while. He was there all day. (laughs) He was talking, (laughs) committed dancing, and yelling. I can't take the credit for it. Yeah. This was a highlight for me because I think that, you know, there's something too, like when people are saying foolish things and when that is silence, that is a good thing, right? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So that was a really great outreach in general, though. So I'm sure you will be hearing some episodes of the debrief from that outreach. I bet we have a lot of good clips to cover for that. But today we are talking about an outreach at Otterbein University, which is here in Columbus. And it is a clip from Maya. And she was talking to a guy who thought that abortion was justified, that it was a good thing, and really that it's somebody's choice and they should make it. So let's hop into the clip. ...and such like that, um, and that we're not standing for women's rights. But if we're right, then you are advocating for the killing of innocent humans, um, and, and it's one of the biggest human rights atrocities of our day, and you'll be accountable before God if we're right for that. So I would just want you to think about that more because that is um, a very big, a big deal because I'm not an agnostic. I'm a Christian. I believe we're accountable before God. Um, yeah, and I can live with being in bad terms of God's eyes if it means that we have more freedom of choice within America because at the end of the day, if you don't like abortions, if you don't want an abortion, you do not have to get an abortion. But that's like saying, if you don't want to kill your toddler, you do not have to kill your toddler, but let other people kill their toddlers. Yeah, so basically his argument was, it's okay. I think, so he was agnostic for anybody. I mean, we don't have the beginning of the conversation, but this seems like towards the end of the conversation he was having with Maya, Maya was wrapping up the conversation by a tactic that we use often by explaining the gravity of determining who is right and wrong, what that would mean for us. So she was saying, if you are right, then we are hindering women's rights or opposed to women's rights. But if we are right and you are wrong, then that means that a great injustice is taking place in our nation. And anyways, and then he goes on to say, well, I don't really care if I am uh, not a if I'm being in bad terms with God right now, if we get to have freedom. So what's y'all's initial reactions to that? Well, it was just getting good. I wish I could have heard the whole whole conversation (laughs) right in the end there. I mean, my initial reaction is Maya was doing so well what a lot of people I struggle with, which is what you said, Lexi, that tactic of how to end the conversation Mm -hmm. on that mutual understanding, Mm -hmm. not agreement because they're not going to agree with a lot of people, but finding a way to summarize the conversation, say, if you're right, this, if we're right, this, and getting them to agree to those terms are very important for making sure people leave the conversation with the right understanding. Yeah. 
Definitely. And for everybody who can't see the clip, there was a girl standing next to him who was just silent during the conversation. He was really talking to Maya. She was just standing there. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was interesting, not only for him to be, for Maya to tell him what it means to be pro-choice. It was good for her, even if she was not really wanting to take part in the conversation. She gets to overhear what that actually means to be pro-choice, to be pro-abortion. And especially with his willingness to say, I'm okay if I am not on good terms with God. Ethan, have you found that a lot of people who don't proclaim to be Christians are completely fine admitting that they're okay not being on good terms with God. I don't think I've ever had someone outright tell me that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's because I just haven't ran into that situation. Mm -hmm. But to me, it always seems that a lot of the people I talk to, the ones who are actually invested in the conversation, seem to be somewhat concerned about being right or wrong on this issue. But that's really incredible for someone to just say that out loud of like, I don't care if what I think is wrong wrong you know mm -hmm. i'm okay with ultimately at the end of my life finding out that i was wrong and having to pay the consequence for that I, that's that seems to be very telling to me of you know him as a person what he how much he doesn't care mm -hmm. about what's happening to the babies mm -hmm. yeah and you have to i guess i think i appreciate his honesty right i yeah. mean he's admitting that yeah maybe this puts me on bad terms with god if god is real being an agnostic he would not necessarily take a strong position on whether or not God exists, but saying it doesn't matter to me. What matters is yeah. freedom of choice. That matters far more. So you've got to appreciate at least his willingness to admit his bedrock principle, which is I want freedom at all costs. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is kind of a perversion or a twisting of the foundation that we have in America. Um, the idea of our freedoms in America, and we love freedom. We love to not be told everything that we should do yeah. and we don't want to have all these hard and fast rules and we want liberty well that ends whenever you are actually killing somebody and stripping all of their rights away right. so we do want rights in america and i kind of want to explain to him hey i'm with you i want liberty i want i want freedom of choice in a lot of things in life but if we're choosing abortion we're then stripping away mm -hmm. all choices and the most fundamental human right we have, the right to life, away from a human being. Yeah, that's so a good point. I feel like that's what he kind of, I think a lot of Americans have this idea of fake liberty or fake freedom mm. that is really in bondage to your flesh and in bondage to, you know, death. If we're just yeah. going to do things that lead to death for ourselves and for others. Yeah, I have a cousin who I'm sure will never listen to this podcast who <laughs> thinks that I am part of a group that is destroying America because we are trying to steal liberty away from people. Exactly what you just said. And so yeah. it's important to know how we understand and work through that. What is liberty? What is freedom? And what should be a choice for people to legally pursue? Mm -hmm. So what I think is interesting is most people, they they advocate for the choice of abortion. But if you have a conversation with them, I think a lot of people will recognize at the end of the conversation that, yes, if I am wrong, I'm taking choice away from these preborn babies, and that's a bad thing. This guy and an, a gentleman I actually talked to just a few days ago are actually consistent in their position that they they realize that their choice, yes, would be taking away the choice of those preborn babies and their right to life, but they're okay with that because their liberties and their choice trumps 
other people's, which I find is so interesting because most people you talk to, I think would at least recognize that some of their choices and liberties, they don't get to indulge in those because they would violate other people's liberties. And so what would happen, that would mean the strongest people get to do whatever they want and the weaker people would have to suffer. So who would those weaker people be? That would be women and children, right? And Mm -hmm. so, so pro-women of you to Mm -hmm. support abortion on the basis of trying to protect individual freedom when you're actually, the logic you're using for that is going to lead to your destruction and to your harm. So I can get into the headspace of a guy who would think why he wants to pursue this because it actually gives him liberty to do what he wants. For example, sex without consequences. I understand that. What is so odd to me, though, and maybe he thinks he's still a hero for women's rights, but like at UC yesterday when there were the steamroller guy and others who were making pro-abortion comments, all the women Mm -hmm. to celebrate him is like, you're such a great hero. You're on our side. Thank you. When they are literally making it possible for women to be victimized, for men yeah. to have to leave women and have no consequences. And it's what you just said, Lexi. Women are the ones who suffer and children. Mm-hmm. And they're also celebrating their own destruction. It's just bizarre to me. I saw that when, Seth, yesterday you were talking to a group of people and the guy, this isn't a steamroller, but it was a different guy. And immediately once he spoke up and started talking, all of the girls around him were so happy. Mm. They had big smiles on their face yeah. and they loved hearing from a guy who was supporting abortion. Yeah, I thought, I talked to Ian, another staff member, and I was like, oh my goodness, do you look at what's going on right now? They're awing over what he's saying. And... Maybe even the girl that was standing next to this guy silently was grateful that this guy was defending her freedom, defending her rights. But really what she doesn't know, maybe subconsciously does know, but outwardly would never say it, is Mm -hmm. he's actually advocating for your destruction and for your child's destruction. Wouldn't you much rather a guy say hey, if I get somebody pregnant, I'm going to love her and I'm going to love that baby and I'm going to care for them. You know, it's it doesn't seem like that's something we really want, but out of this fake idea of freedom and doing what you feel, like I said at the beginning, have you ever talked to somebody who thought America would be better off if we just did what we felt? Mm-hmm. Our feelings are not usually something we can trust mm-hmm. and rely yeah. on and are usually not what's best for us. So this is a really silly example, but if you really feel like eating that burger and fries and Coke and all of that, you're going to eat it and you're going to feel real gross after that. Depends on the burger. Okay, I do feel (laughs) real gross after eating stuff like that. And I I knew just because I felt like doing it doesn't mean I should have done it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, with all that So how do we decide, understand freedom then? So what is freedom? Clearly he would say freedom is total choice of everything everything's on the table right nothing is wrong choice that would be total freedom right yes how do we clearly reject that and the steamroller too yesterday when i was talking to him i was i finally get him to admit that some choices are wrong took a long time but he finally admitted that so but how do we decide what true freedom is then if we know it's not anything what is freedom the ability to do what is right i think Mm -hmm. is freedom yeah to live as you ought to right you're designed to live Mm mm-hmm If it's anything other than that, then again, it's creating bondage for yourself. Mm. So, and for others. Yeah, it might feel good. Like going and binging on that burger and fries every day might feel good in the moment. Mm -hmm. It's not going to feel good afterward, as you said. But Mm -hmm. that's not really how you are meant to live. And you're not going to find freedom. You're going to find destruction in that. Yes. 
And so there's great liberty in that. And I'm sure you would see that too, Ethan, when somebody is, you can even just compare somebody who's living as they ought. Obviously every single one of us Mm -hmm. fail to do that versus somebody who is going out and doing all that they want to do. Even, you know, somebody who becomes addicted to drugs and are constantly having to have that in their system to function. Mm -hmm. We recognize that one person is living a full life and the other person is stuck. Yeah, even apart from choices like abortion, which hurt other people, our culture very much is starting to accept this idea that even choices which just hurt you personally, which I I think is take that with a grain of salt, Mm because I don't think any choice just affects us personally, it will affect those around us. But supposedly these choices that just involve us, like, you know, taking drugs, pornography, quote unquote, just affecting yourself, Mm -hmm. which it doesn't, that these things, even though it may seem... Like they only, you only have consequences from these actions. They are not good for you as a person. They're not good for your being. And you shouldn't be allowed to indulge in these because they are self-destructive. Again, freedom is not about just this libertarian idea that you can just do whatever you want so long as you're not hurting other people. You shouldn't be allowed to hurt yourself. We should encourage people to do things that are good and that are healthy for people. Mm-hmm. And, and thing is, sorry, which is so funny is that like, even if someone doesn't agree with that statement, because I know many mm-hmm. will not agree with that statement, it's at minimum abortion is not about yourself, right? right. So we have an even more modest case. That we're, not even, we're not even saying it's wrong to harm yourself. I mean, yeah. that's right what you just said, but we're saying you shouldn't harm someone else, yes. right? Yeah. Which we should all be able to agree with. Yes. And if anybody has a different definition of freedom and would like to correct us on something, DM please us. let us know. DM us yeah. on Instagram or you can always email us or something like that at contact at createdequal.org. And we would love to get your insight as what you think true freedom actually looks like. But Maya ends this clip talking about, okay, well, what you're saying is then if if I want to kill a two-year-old, my two-year-old, then I should be able to kill my Mm two-year-old. And that's me choosing to do what I want to do. And that's what your argument is. We don't get to hear what he says <laughs> right. to that, yeah. which I wish we did. But that always is a great tactic to use to hopefully pull on some heartstrings of these people who are hardened towards the babies in the womb, mm-hmm. but are not yet hardened to two-year-olds. Unfortunately, yeah. it is becoming much more prevalent for people yeah. not to care about two-year-olds. Yeah. Yep. How are we going to continue on with improving our apologetics in accommodating or reaching people who are becoming rapidly more hardened to the fact that human beings have value. Mm -hmm. I think as, like you said, as people are getting more and more hardened towards young children, even I talked to a man yesterday who was like, yeah, a two month old, you, a mom can kill her two month old. Mm -hmm. You have to point back to the person themselves because Human beings were inherently selfish and self-seeking. We care about ourselves, our own lives, our own interests. And I think what we're going to have to do more and more and more is point it back to the person themselves of you would not want someone to take advantage of you and destroy your body. Doesn't everyone deserve the same protection that you yourself enjoy? And point to the fact that if they say, well, no, everyone doesn't deserve that protection, how long will you be able to hold on to that protection for yourself? Because if you are inconsistent in applying the standard of some people are protected and some people are not, eventually you are going to fall out of favor and no longer be in that protected status. 
It's really good, Ethan. I think it's important to remember what Ethan's demonstrating there is apologetics. This making a defense of you of the truth. The truth doesn't change, but how you communicate yeah. it does in the culture. Uh, whatever culture you're in, you're going to use different languages, different illustrations. And so as our cultures change around us, we have to reshape not the truth, but we repackage things. So Ethan's doing the same thing, pointing them to the immorality, but using a different strategy, which I think is very, very smart there, Ethan. And I think that will be effective because it is sadly true that pointing to a newborn baby doesn't yeah. cut anymore, right, mm-hmm. with a lot of people. Toddler maybe because they're a little older, mm-hmm. clearly on some level self-aware, right? But still, that's not working with everyone either. I know. I kind of feel like every single time I give that situation, would it be okay to kill a two-year-old? I'm finding myself bumping it up past Mm. two years old. How about three? How about four? Because a lot of people are so... Especially if you're talking to a college student, mm-hmm. y'all. If, mm-hmm. if you're talking to somebody who's a little older, usually they're not so... Someone in the real world? Yes, yeah, someone yeah. in the real world who understands... I mean, I'm a college-age person as well, so I, I'm lumped in the category too. But somebody who's lived enough life probably has had a two-year-old, four-year-old, five-year-old for themselves... And understands that it's so silly to say that a two-year-old should be slaughtered. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think... I almost think that people are so emotionally hardened from social media and everything like that. We're just so inundated with a ton of quote unquote facts and Mm -hmm. things that usually you would not have all this information all at once every single day. So I think you can almost get super hardened. You don't even think about what it would look like for a two-year-old to be slaughtered. Mm, Even when we're showing the victims of abortion, the way they can cope with that is by saying that's fake. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's a really good insight. Point it back to not just any random two-year-old, but you when you were two years old, Yeah, the person you're talking to who, when they were two years old, or maybe their sibling or somebody they love, mm-hmm. even if it's not themselves, maybe, because a lot of people yeah. too are depressed and they, they're fine with, they wish that they were killed when they were younger. So even if you could reach, say, well, what if you're your sibling or something or your mom or dad mm-hmm. was was killed when they were two years old were they yeah. were they valuable back then but no that's really good information y'all so please go leave us a five-star review so more people can find this podcast that's all we have for this week and as always thank you for debriefing with us